Welcome to the Elevate Effect podcast, where we give you the resources to take you from workloads to workflows. I'm your host, Courtney. I'm an online systems educator for coaches. Fueled by cold brew and a love for watching endless reruns of Friends, I'm here to give you the tools and the support you need to scale your business and take back charge of your life and your time. So pour yourself a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and let's do the damn thing. Okay, everybody, I am so excited for today's podcast episode because we are here with Lindsay Mitrasilis, who is a LinkedIn agency owner and lead strategist. And we're going to be talking all the things LinkedIn today, which I'm so excited about because this is definitely a world and Lindsay knows because I've reached her out to her about this a million times that I want to start diving into. So I'm so excited for you guys to learn from her today. So Lindsay, I would love for you to get us started and tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you got started in your business. We'd love to just know all the things. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Court, for having me. I love getting an opportunity to talk to other business owners about LinkedIn. How I really got started on this journey, I'll rewind it back to when I started my sales career, which is, which was in staffing. I remember one very pivotal moment for me in my career, starting out new, I was a salesperson in staffing, you know, trying to do all the things. And I worked in the Bay area. I worked in tech and in that environment, it's very difficult for staffing vendors like myself to get in front of the right clients. And I actually almost lost a huge account for our company. It was just like the worst moment in my little young career because it just felt so awful. And it was because I basically cold called the wrong person at a company, a huge company. And so I had to get really creative. And I started looking at LinkedIn as this option where I can't email people, but I can at least connect and message them on a platform like LinkedIn. How do I go search a directory of someone if I don't have access to this stuff? Well, I can do that all on LinkedIn. And so I, over the course of almost 10 years, I built out about 80% of my book of business on LinkedIn. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Um, And that's what... Yeah. And it was awesome because it was just the way that I could get in front of an ideal client, start to build a relationship and have communication with them online. And then, you know, was able to meet them off campus or wherever they were at their company to build a relationship. And that's how I built really long lasting relationships that kind of carried me through my sales career. And then on top of that, you know, just what LinkedIn also provides is just, it's this online networking tool. So you can, you know, meet with high level executives or different people in different industries and businesses that, you know, to me, I'm a big fan of, it's not always about what you know, but it is absolutely about who, you know, in order to get to, you know, the opportunities that you're looking for. And so networking is like, just right up there for me, as far as like what makes people successful. So That was kind of the first start of my whole LinkedIn experience. And then come 2020, I was in a mastermind group with some female entrepreneurs and they're like, Hey, can you teach us how to use LinkedIn for leads and sales? Because as we were coming into COVID, most people were trying to freak out. They were freaking out, trying to figure out how do I continue to grow my business in this new virtual online only world? And LinkedIn was a great answer for that. So that triggered the LinkedIn bootcamp, which was just like this kind of threw it together course, ran it a couple of times. It snowballed into this now LinkedIn business that we have, I was able to leave my full-time job, which is now we have itself. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was such a cool thing that we were able to do. And so now we've got not only like the LinkedIn course and different digital products that we offer, but we have our LinkedIn agency. So, and that's been quite, quite the journey these last two years. So, yeah. And it's kind of funny. I had no idea that you started out in staffing. I actually did too. My very first (gasps) job out of college, I worked for an IT staffing company. So I'm kind of wondering if it was the same 
same one, but I worked for one for a little bit too. And I actually found well, them through one? LinkedIn uh, Insight Global. Shut up. That is Did, so funny. Is it you too? <laughs> yes. And you're the second person I've been on a podcast that said yes. the same thing. And we were like, Holy smokes. We yeah. I got like recruited at an event at my, at my college campus. And then I went oh, and interviewed yeah. at their Denver location, their St. Louis location, got offers from both and ended up going to their St. Louis location. And so that's where I was for a while. Um, but yeah, were you in Florida? Did you go to Florida state? No, Missouri no. <laughs> from Missouri. Missouri. So I've been in okay. Florida for five years, but, but yeah, I worked for them for a while and I found them because you're also talking about LinkedIn, right? Is yes. I found them through LinkedIn. Like that's how I was using LinkedIn in college was to source recruiters to help me find a job when I graduated. And then of course I naturally, I had found them and they were trying to recruit me, but they're like, Hey, would you be interested in a job like with us? And then, so they had me go talk to somebody on campus, but yeah, same exact situation. And, but that was the, honestly, like I've used LinkedIn a couple of times since then, but I have just not been well-versed in LinkedIn over the past like five to 10 years, I would say, unfortunately. And I know it is just this like powerhouse of a tool that I am leaving gathering dust. And so I'll kind of like leave that into our first question, which is I, in general, you know, I know business owners tend to gravitate all their promotional efforts towards platforms like Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter, even now TikTok is an option, which I have not dove down that rabbit hole yet, but even for myself included, like I said, so I'm curious, what's the main benefit of promoting your business on LinkedIn, as opposed to other social media platforms? We'll start there. So essentially the audience on LinkedIn, and this is just data and facts, they're the highest paying web audience out there more so than Facebook and Twitter. And so the average income there is like $70,000 a year or more. And so because of that, as a business owner, you not only have access to higher paying audiences, but you've got more qualified leads that you're targeting. You're ha- and the other thing too, is like, you're having different conversations. And I don't want to say that that's not possible on like Instagram or Facebook or, you know, at, name your platform, but it just is like the people that I <clears throat> talk to on LinkedIn or that I've talked to who have had experiences on LinkedIn, they're like, man, it is true. Like it is a different mindset on the platform. And it's probably because LinkedIn is a professional platform. It's how they were started. It's how they've continued to be. Now, I don't know if that's going to evolve and change. Um, I think they're going to keep that the integrity of that LinkedIn will because they are becoming more of a creator platform, but you've got professionals on the platform. So the attitude maintains a professional environment and therefore people are just willing to have have more targeted conversations around business. Now I will say, I also preface that with like, don't go in selling your products super hot and not building relationships. Like that's just sales 101, right? But, but people are much more willing and open to have conversations about business than I feel like they are on Instagram or other places. Yeah, I would agree with that, especially lately, because I feel like, and you know, I'm not going to speak and totally generalize, but I do feel like our space has become a little saturated and people are kind of starting to see through those. I would not say necessarily fake conversations, but those conversations that very much you can tell have an end goal, those coming in and then the obvious like DMS of from total random strangers, which I'm sure we all get (laughs) that were totally not wanted, but I feel like people are kind of starting to get a little leery of conversations now that don't seem so, you know, they're not as, I, I can tell sometimes when somebody's like, trying to build a relationship for a reason outside of just building a relationship. Does that make sense? Like I can absolutely tell the, of the conversation before it even starts. Absolutely. Yeah. And I will say this too, that happens on LinkedIn too, all the time. 
when people come to LinkedIn and then they're so pissed or shocked that they're getting spammed, it's like, well, listen, social media, social media, social media, LinkedIn is no different. You're going to find that anywhere you go. Actually, someone gave me a great analogy of this. They were like, think about when communication first started. You got telemarketers, you had like spam mail. That doesn't change. It's just now on a different platform in a new way. So yeah, I mean, you even get spam text messages now. Like I'll get text messages for like, I'm like, I didn't sign up for this. Like how did they even get my phone number? Totally. Totally. So that's why I always try to set expectations too with LinkedIn. I'm like, it's not like you're going to avoid that. You won't right. escape it. So do you, how do you feel like it's helping people reach new audiences? Because I know I'll just like give a personal example for this. I know that for us as a business, we're wanting to step outside of the industry that we're in currently, and we're wanting to tap into different markets. And so how do you feel like LinkedIn helps to facilitate that? Sure. Well, first of all, LinkedIn is a completely new audience, right? Like, and actually 30% of LinkedIn users aren't on Instagram. So that's like, yes. I, and I love adding that, that shock yes, value. Like my, my, my jaw drops. <laughs> yes. And actually there's one of our friends who we met on LinkedIn and now he's like, I mean, I would consider him a family friend. That's what's so crazy is like, the relationships built on LinkedIn today, I don't know if someone's listening to this a year from now, but today in November of 2022, people are building authentic, real relationships that are like, I mean, all kinds of cool things are happening. So one of the guys that we're connected, I say we, Teddy and I, my husband, we've got a relationship with, with now we've met through LinkedIn. He's like 24. Okay. And he's like a sales guy. He's doing awesome things in his company. And he's like, Lindsay, by the way, any reel that you've mentioned, uh, like I don't, I'm not on Instagram. Yeah. He's a 20 something year old, not <laughs> yeah. on Instagram. That's awesome. And he's all I over was, LinkedIn. Which I was not having to be, you I know, know. I, and I, know. I think too, that's, that's part of like one of my reasons, like, I guess like a pull towards LinkedIn is I am kind of getting a little burnt out of the typical content that we're seeing all the time. And I'm looking for more authenticity. And I, while you said like, Hey, you're still going to get stuff like that on LinkedIn once in a while, I feel like I'm craving actual more relationship building versus just like, here's the same repurposed piece of content that everybody is doing. You know, I think I'm just, I think everybody's kind of looking for a little something different, something now. different. Yeah. yeah. I think ever, and especially I will say at the end of the year, people are just already burnt in general. They're like ready to like yes. close it down for the Stop holidays with full Thanksgiving food and Christmas cookies. <laughs> yes, <laughs> totally. But at the same time, I think there's also this, like people have kind of slowly been over Instagram for a little while now. I'm not I, like, I will always have to be on Instagram because most of my ideal clients are actually on Instagram. Cause I cater to an audience that's like, Hey, you're curious about LinkedIn. Let me help you get started. Exactly. My LinkedIn audience is a much different audience. They're high level executives, they're leaders. And my messaging there is like, Hey, as a brand, as a business, as a leader, you have to be active on this platform in order to execute on different goals. People on Instagram, totally different. So Instagram will never go away. <laughs> I and I know think. like kind of like what I talked about previously with, I, I mean, I haven't really dabbled much into LinkedIn. Like I probably should have over the past, I mean, even five years, I have been in business for five years in December. And I know like one of the reasons business owners struggle to find success with LinkedIn is because they're not properly utilizing LinkedIn's features in the most efficient way, or even at all, honestly. And so since you're obviously the master of all things, LinkedIn, what would you say are some of the top features that business owners should start utilizing in order to start being successful on LinkedIn? That's a really good question. I don't even know if it comes down to a matter of like specific features on the platform, but I do always boil things down to three things that you need to be doing on LinkedIn. 
One is you need to optimize your profile. The worst thing you could do is not touch your profile truly, because that is like the landing page of who you are Yeah, on LinkedIn. And so like, even if you're engaging and you don't have to do a ton, but update your background banner, like update your profile photo, have a good headline that makes sense. Write a good about section that gives people insight as to who you are. Share your background. I almost feel bad that I didn't check out your LinkedIn before to find out that you were also at Insight Global. Like yeah. that's so wild. I don't even know if it's on there anymore. It was so long ago. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, building that out and then utilizing recommendations. I go through this whole thing, but essentially get your profile done, like get it optimized, get it up to date. The second thing you could be doing or you need to be doing is really posting content because that is truly what LinkedIn has become. It's no longer an online resume platform. It is about how can people showcase their quote unquote thought leadership, which just simply means you are seen as the go-to expert for the thing that you do. And so what opinions do you have? Because you also will see a lot of people reshare articles or reshare company posts. And honestly, that content doesn't do well and it doesn't show us what your thoughts and opinions are about this piece of content. The third thing you need to be doing is engaging in building relationships. It's like Instagram 2017 when people were like doing like Gary Vee's 99 cent strategy, like that is, that works on LinkedIn. That totally works. And you're going to get a real person more times than not on the other side of the screen. Whereas on, you know, I run a LinkedIn agency. So we run LinkedIn accounts for people that just, they don't have the time and that's fine. I will always tell people, if you can run your own LinkedIn, it is way more beneficial to you than having other people run it because you are the one that like should be connecting and networking and engaging with these people. Obviously, we, we do what we do, but you know that's just not always feasible for certain people. But truly, it's really building those relationships yourself and figuring out how to network and grow those relationships and like just seeing what happens. Like, I wish I could tell people like this is these are the top five things that will happen if you start you know, engaging on LinkedIn, but there's not just only five things. There's a million different directions your relationships and your network can take you on LinkedIn. Yeah. And I think the good thing too, is like when you're talking about engaging, I think sometimes it's, it's hard to know what that looks like. What does good engagement look like on LinkedIn? Right. And you kind of took a step back to like Instagram 2017, which like we all miss those days. <laughs> I miss Instagram 2017. It was easy to grow. It was easy to actually build relationships and find people where now I feel like it's such a different space. And so I think that is like something I personally struggle with is, okay, even if I am on a LinkedIn, what is considered good engagement? What is actually serving a purpose? What am I going to get ROI on? For example, you know, whether it's not, you know, may not be monetary, but how am I spending my time that it's actually going to give back in terms of a relationship or um, a contact, or even just like, like you said, building that network that I know is going to help continue to, to scale and grow my business. And I know part of, you know, your work is giving business owners confidence in tools that they need to successfully utilize LinkedIn. So this kind of like piggybacks on my last question, because you talked about, you know, the three pieces you can do to get started. What should people be doing maybe to prep their business to get on LinkedIn? Are there things, how they're positioning their business, the types of audiences that you, they serve, you know, are there things that they need to do to prep their business to start on a new platform like LinkedIn? That makes, that's a great question. And I'm actually glad you asked that. Cause I think that is a missing link for a lot of people. They just think, okay, well, I'm just going to go get on LinkedIn and actually take a step back and think first, what are my goals? What do I want to do here on the platform? 
do I want to make more sales? Do I want to find more leads? Do I just want to make connections and build a network and see where it goes? Do I specifically want to build an audience to drive people to a newsletter? Like what is the goal? And then you also have to kind of reframe and restructure content in a way that speaks to the audience that's on LinkedIn only. A lot of people think I'm on Instagram. I'm just going to slap up a reel and hope for the best. And honestly, I would say most people on LinkedIn are not interested in reels because they know they can go to Instagram for that. They don't want to watch reels. They want quality content. They want, you know, education and things like that. So repurposing your content in a way that speaks to the audience on LinkedIn. And then I would say even more specific to the the audience that you're trying to build. So if you know that like you support business owners, but maybe you reframe that a little bit for LinkedIn, like maybe you can actually help smaller companies or startups. Okay. Like then you know how you, how to go search. Like that's the coolest thing about LinkedIn. I hope they never get rid of this feature is that you, I don't think they will, but you literally can search like startups with 50 people or less in a particular location. And you can target them as far as like the connections that you just connect with them. And then you start making content for them. So as they're connecting with you, they're seeing your content and you didn't have to pay for any of that, by the way, it's just all organic content. I just such so underutilized. I'm just like sitting here thinking like kicking myself for not doing this years ago, because just like what you said, and I know I had mentioned previously in this conversation that talking about pivoting your audience, and maybe you say you're serving small business owners, but maybe it's, you want to start serving startups and more small to mid-sized market businesses. That's what we're shifting to into 2023. And so that's good to know. I think because a lot of people, at least, and again, not trying to generalize, but I feel like it's been kind of a slow year for a lot of uh, business owners in our space specifically, and you know, whatever the reason being, but I know there's a lot of people who I am in like an inner, like our little inner circle of people that I'm, you know, interacting with a lot that are looking to step outside and step in. Some people are looking at government contracts. Some people are looking at wanting to dive more into LinkedIn and getting, serving more of the corporate companies or small, like startups, like you'd mentioned. And just knowing that there is this place, it's just that we can start doing that. It's just knowing the steps to do it appropriately. And that's actually going to serve your business. Yes. And I think what's hard for people, I always, I always say, put your B2B hat on your business to business hat on, meaning how can you just reframe what you do to support a business directly and not like a solopreneur or like online entrepreneur. That's like, it's such an echo chamber here on here, like on Instagram that you just feel like you're running in the same circles. You're seeing the same things, but man, it is wild when you get tapped into a new community outside of like your normal bubble, you're like, okay, the world is way bigger than I've been like kind of putting my mind in. And when you can think differently about how I will, I will still serve like our clients with this same product, I'm just thinking about it differently. The whole world opens up. And I would say that's where LinkedIn can really help business owners is like, okay, you know, think about your current client now. How can you go find them on LinkedIn? Maybe they have a different title, but they're the same, they're the same human. They just, and they have the same needs, just a little different. Yeah. They're just branded different. They're branded yeah. different in the space. Yeah, exactly. So what do you think are some of the things that you see people in the LinkedIn space struggling to when it comes to promoting their business on the platforms? And like, what steps could they typically, you'd say, take to avoid that struggle? Like, what are we doing wrong? Sorry to interrupt this episode, but this will be real quick. So we all know that the legal side of your business can be daunting. So I wanted to share with you guys a quick solution you can legally use to protect your business with ease. So my friends over at Coaches & Company have created lawyer approved plug in and play templates specifically for online coaches and business owners. If you know you've been building a business on a shaky legal foundation, it's really time for an upgrade. 
They have legal contracts for one-on-one coaching, group coaching, digital courses and products, and so many more. All you have to do is go to their shop in the link below in the show notes and check it out. Alrighty, now let's get back to the show. I would say they're coming in hot without taking the time to really build an audience. I mean, I think when it, when it comes down to it, building your audience is your answer. And most people are unwilling to sit in that for a year to two to three and to really commit to building the audience because you, you build an audience, you build a community, you build that following when they have known you for as long as you've kind of been building your audience, they trust you. So when it's time to drop a product or a service or you want to sell it, they're way more open to it than, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to come on LinkedIn and in two weeks, I'm going to promote my, my new thing. And it's like, no one knows you here. It's no different than showing up on Instagram for the first time. Yeah. And it's like you said, it's the long-term game, right? It's, and I think so many people are so used to just quick results and like instant gratification that we have to take a step back. And like you said, put the effort in to actually take the time to build relationships, to establish yourself as a thought, like you said, a thought leader in the industry. So people are warmed up to the idea and and lead with value. Right. And I think that's one thing that when we first started that I wanted to make sure we were always doing was leading with value, because especially during the time when I got started, there was a lot of like, Oh, you want to pick my brain? Well, it's $500. And, And there are things to be said, you know, for like your time and stuff like that. But I wanted to always make sure that we were leading with value and authenticity. And I think LinkedIn, it feels like at least kind of like gets us back to the roots of community, if that makes sense. And I think that's something that I know I, it's like I said, I miss. And I think a lot of people do or subconsciously do, and don't, don't really realize how much we're missing that community aspect, um, to what we're doing. Yep. And I will say, since you mentioned the whole, like pick your brain and all of that, you know, I think that again, I don't think that's like a social media platform specific thing, like on Instagram and you're like, Oh, $500. It'll happen on LinkedIn too. But if you can frame it in a way, it's like, Hey, I'd love to meet with you. You seem like an interesting person. Like, and this isn't always going to work, but sometimes if there's somebody you're like, wow, I would really actually love to like spend some time with you. Can can I buy you a coffee? Like send them a, like a Starbucks card. Can I buy you a coffee? Can we talk for 15 minutes? I have found that more people are interested in doing that, not even for a free coffee, but they're happy to jump on a call with you on LinkedIn than I've ever seen on another platform. And in part, the reason for that is 80% of LinkedIn users either want to mentor people or they want to be mentored by someone. That is a stat that's out there. So you're finding way more people willing to build community, relationships, mentorship on the platform than you're seeing other places. Yeah. Kind of like adding to that. I know there are a lot of stigmas you see in the industry that business owners feel like LinkedIn is too corporate. And I feel like that's probably why I avoided it for a while because like I just started my business and I was a solopreneur for a while. And then I got a small team and I knew I had this industry that I was working with and I didn't know how my business would translate to corporate, at least at that point in time. Now I can definitely see there is lots of bridges to, to that. And they're not exactly sure how to, to navigate the platform that would cater to their personal business and audience. So how can business owners ensure that they can keep their brand image consistent and are reaching a relevant audience on the platform that has the reputation of being, you know, more quote unquote corporate. Totally. I love this because I think most of that hang up is just internal. No one on, you know what I mean? Like the one thing, although I, I used to say this a lot that Gary V he swears wherever he goes, but I actually just saw a podcast or a video or a podcast that he was like, I've stopped swearing on LinkedIn because I've realized that that community there just, it doesn't, it actually hurts my brand. 
more. Now you could have, you and I are on LinkedIn and we could see Gary V and maybe because the, the mind frame we're in on the platform, we're like, Ooh, that's weird. But then you go watch him on Instagram. You're like, yeah, he's dropping F-bombs, like totally fine. You know? So that's one thing, but I would say like people hire you, like, let's say you're, you know, business owner, you're like, you're like, okay, I'm coming onto LinkedIn. I've identified that startups and small to mid-sized companies are certainly like also our, our ideal clients. We can serve them. Don't change who you are. Like don't change anything about that because that is what sells people on you. It's just what you're looking to adjust is just the content that you're creating. It's speaking to your audience there, your branding, your voice, like none of that needs to change truly. I mean, I've, I've brought my brand and all of that distinctly over to LinkedIn. It's how I engage with people. It's how I write my content. It's how I, I did a whole video, a 30 day video challenge for myself on LinkedIn. I'm like, Hey, anyone else that wants to do this with me, because let's test and see how video does here on LinkedIn, the best performing video. I was wet hair, no makeup, fresh out of the shower in a robe outside in my backyard with Evie, like running circles. And I was like, I'm going to do this challenge. And people were like, thank you for showing up with, you know, no makeup and wet hair because being really makes you a real person. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And it, like, of course I would do that on an Instagram story. Anyone would, but like yeah. people, LinkedIn and I, I, it was kind of to that point. I wanted to show people like, you can still do this here on LinkedIn. People will actually appreciate it. And I started seeing more, not because I did this, but maybe it was like on my radar. I have more people in my network that are showing up on video, some without makeup some days on a weekend. And that content performs the best. Yeah. And I think that too, is sometimes what like puts people in a position where they don't feel as comfortable showing up on LinkedIn because it feels formal. It feels like you have to show up with formality and videos that are edited perfectly and everything looks great. You got your microphone and, and you feel like you have to present yourself in such a way that maybe doesn't feel quite as authentic, but it's, you feel like that's the only way that's going to translate onto LinkedIn because of its stigma of being more corporate. But in the same instance, if I were to show up on Instagram and see somebody like what you just said, showing up as their authentic self, I would appreciate that more than the video of the person sitting behind their desk with a perfectly well-lit backdrop and, you know, et cetera. Totally. So it's, I think it's also, like you said, kind of, we are our biggest hindrance and yes. our mindset's the issue because I know what I think I need to be doing to show up on LinkedIn, but then I know that what I would want as an audience or a spectator, what I would want to see and what I would relate to the most. Yes. And I, here's the other thing. I think there's like a big clash generationally older generations. They are very segmented in how they show up in different platforms. So someone like my dad in his sixties is like, like he's always in a suit and tie no matter what, but like, he is very like professional buttoned up on LinkedIn a thousand percent. Whereas like that same generation is way more like lenient and relaxed and showing personal pictures and sharing personal stories on Facebook. But we know in our generations, the, the younger generations, maybe even Gen Xers and millennials and Gen Zers, like we know that like it doesn't matter. All of that information helps you build your audience and a more engaged following, regardless of the platform, like you just show up as yourself. So I think there's that 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 traditional like clash, especially on LinkedIn, because in the past it's been more like of the baby boomer generation. And yes. so you're like, is it okay yeah, if I, I show up here? here? You know, yeah, it's like, hi guys. Yes. Me. <laughs> right. So, but yes, you absolutely can. And there's actually more millennials and Gen Xers on the platform than there are the baby boomer generation. Wow, so, I didn't know that. yeah. 
The one thing I do tell people though, is like, don't forget that there still is this generation and this isn't true across the board, but there is still a generation that baby boomer generation is still on LinkedIn or they're still in corporate who are at high level decision-making positions. And so that's another thing I think Gary V probably realized like, well, if I want to win more business, like long-term or you know, being good standing with my clients, that's just something I'm gonna have to tone down on LinkedIn because the decision, the key decision makers who are seeing my content on LinkedIn are not liking this. Yeah. yeah. That's my guess. And that's kind of what I took from what he was saying. And so I just say, know your audience. And if you're like, I don't care. My ideal client is a millennial CEO in tech in the Bay area. And I say what I want, then cool. You're good. You don't have to worry about other people. Yeah, You're speaking to your audience. Yeah. And I, and I think it's just like, it's kind of like a fine line, right? Like a fine line between like, yes, keeping your identity and your brand and all of those things, but also like, like you also said kind of, okay, but know your audience, right? Like if you want to tap into that space, great. But also, like you said, if you're aware, this is not the people that you want to be working with and you want to cater to somebody else that you are just cool with being like that with, then that's their choice. But that's the beauty of it, right? Like you get to choose, you get to choose. So you get to choose. It's just, it's the same thing as like, you know, read the room, just yeah. read the room. <laughs> Read the totally. And I'll kind of like pivot the conversation just a little bit um, for this last question, because obviously like we're a systems agency and this is, you know, what we do and what we love. And so we always like to incorporate some type of a systems question into our episodes. So I love chatting with people about, you know, business platforms and their tech stack and all that good stuff. And our team, obviously we eat, breathe, live, love, click up. That's our platform of choice. We couldn't run our business without it. So I'm curious to know what are some of your top platform recommendations that have worked really well for your business or your agency and, or what you recommend to your clients? Ooh, well, I don't, that's a great question. I don't recommend anything to my clients because they're not asking me about system stuff, but we also are big fans of ClickUp. It's where we run and keep everything ClickUp and Slack, which I know people have a love hate relationship with Slack because that little like, I love it. I like a trigger. What's knock brush is the sound. I changed it on mine. It's much more pleasant. So I did once getting a little triggered by that sound. Oh yeah. I know that goes off and people are like, eh, they start like freaking out. But truly like that it's those, it's like keep staying organized. And here's the thing. I know we're not even, our ClickUp is pretty well built out and we're not even like using 75% of what the tool could do. Truly like ClickUp. How ironic that you asked on this like podcast. Weird. Why would I ever do that? (laughs) (laughs) It really is like the place we keep all like the folders for our clients, their content calendars live and breathe within ClickUp, you know, all of their tasks and their processes, our internal SOPs, everything's built out. My personal like content calendar, all of the things are our team tasks. That's what we literally, we literally, literally just call like click up. It's the hub for our business. Our, I mean, like we obviously use other platforms for invoicing and contracts and stuff like that, but our business runs out of click up now because it, you know, it really started out as a project management tool, but they've kind of, I think recoined it to work management system versus just project because of how many features it's released and the ability to manipulate and customize it for your business's needs. It's amazing. We love it. And I'm so happy to hear that you guys are using it. I, for some reason thought you guys were using notion. Maybe you were at one point in time, but maybe I also just dreamed that. I've got that too, but I don't, my thing was like, I learned about notion after ClickUp, and I was like, okay, I could see how easily, like they're similar and you could start finding yourself using notion for things that you actually should just be using in ClickUp anyway. So I don't even not knocking notion. I just thought, yeah, well, no, we use notion. It has its, it has its place, right. It has its place and it does its job for some things, but yeah, it's just for me, I'm just like, 
sometimes when people talk about Notion for project management, it's hard for me to imagine using it for project management after using ClickUp for so long, but, but yeah, it has its place. I always think if you're a business owner and you have ClickUp or you're considering ClickUp or you're considering working with systems up, like your question should always be, is this something I can do in ClickUp? before running off and like downloading another platform or tool, because it can get away from you so quickly that now you're like all over the place and you're like, okay, I could just could have done all of this in ClickUp and it would have been way more simple. So yeah. Um, what's that commercial? They're always like, there's an app for that. What was that? It's commercial. Do you know what I'm talking about? There's an app for that. There's an app for that. ClickUp's the app. ClickUp's the app for that. Yes. (laughs) Should they should have took that. Okay. So if somebody is interested in working with you, how do they get in touch? What are their options? If they're interested in getting started in LinkedIn, how do they get to get to work with you, Lindsay? Well, thank you for asking. I would say first thing first, like come, let's connect on LinkedIn. I have a lot of content there that you can just start to even like pick up and learn. I have a new freebie coming out in two weeks. So if you're not on, if you're not following me on LinkedIn or Instagram, please go do that. And you will hear about this new freebie that'll drop, you know, and then obviously my website, lindsaymetraseelys.com. There's a resources tab for you. And there's a work with me page. I would say like, if someone's not quite ready yet for the agency side, which we honestly only take referrals, there's an application process. We're pretty selective in who we're working with on the agency side, but really like I have a LinkedIn bootcamp. We have a new product that's coming out in a couple months about just to help people getting started with the platform. So if you're a newbie to LinkedIn or you're like, I don't even know what to do, just come connect with me on LinkedIn and let's have a conversation. And I can tell you all the ways we can support you. But truly, I think one of the best teachings is just like getting on the platform. First of all, remember your password, go get on the platform and just start to look around, check out your feed, search people, see what they're doing well. And you will probably even learn through osmosis truly. And for everybody listening, we'll make sure to link all of the ways to get in contact with Lindsay um, in our show notes. So you guys have quick, easy access. And Lindsay, once your freebie drops, we can also put that in the show notes too. So if anybody wants to have access to that too, we'll add it. Um, So you guys will get a little little surprise uh, link in there in the next couple of weeks. But Lindsay, as always, we like to wrap up our episodes with some fun rapid fire questions. Let's do it. So are you ready for your first question? Yes. Okay. So these are really hard. Oh boy. Hard for me. Okay. What is your favorite TV show? Oh, oh, hard one right out the gate. Which well, one? right now it's Yellowstone. Oh, okay. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> I'm obsessed with Yellowstone. Oh my gosh. I love, 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 love Yellowstone. It's so good. It is so, so good. good. Yellowstone. Okay. Yeah. Yellowstone. That was an easy answer for you. Favorite meal or like top three favorite foods. Oh gosh. I'll just say what first came to mind, which is so weird, but you know, I'll just go with it. It is a dish called my mom used to make growing up called chicken divan and is actually from my grandparents. They grew up. My grandparents are from Oklahoma. Like, so Midwest, like casseroles, yep. totally a thing. Missouri person right here. I totally am right there okay. with you. <laughs> chicken divan is cream of mushroom soup, chicken, broccoli, cheese baked in the oven. And it mm-hmm. served so over good. rice. Yeah. <laughs> What's the, my favorite thing growing up as a kid. So when you said that, I was, that's like the first thing that came to mind. I'm like, there it is. Okay. Well, we'll I never eat it anymore. I can't even tell you the last thing. For everybody listening, we're going to request the recipe and have it in the show notes too. So (laughs) (laughs) chicken divan y'all. Yes. What is your dream travel location? Maybe you've already been to it. Oh, that's a great question. You know what? It's definitely Greece. My husband is Greek. We've been to Greece a few times and I, if, if he was like, you go anywhere in the world, I'll, I'll, go back I'll pick Greece. Greece. Yeah. I'll pick Greece. Greece or yeah. Greece. Oh, where else? I was going to say we spent time on our honeymoon in Italy and I love Italy. Have you watched from scratch on Netflix yet? No. 
You need to watch it if you liked Italy. Okay. <laughs> also have a box of Kleenexes. It's oh, it's so good, but it's sad. Is it a movie or is it a show? It's a limited series. I thought it was a movie, but it's just like a one season, like eight episodes. Really good. We've been oh, just so interesting. It's really that. good. You should watch it. Okay. Last question. What did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a few things. I wanted to be a chef. I was obsessed with Food Network growing up. <laughs> I wanted to be a chef. I wanted to be a singer. I wanted to be an actress and I wanted to be a talk show host. I like used to pretend play Regis and Kel- uh, Regis and Kathy Lee. That's who it was when we were growing up. Regis exactly. and Kathy Lee, not Regis and Kelly. Yeah. I wanted to be Kathy Lee. Like I wanted to be a sh- talk show host. I'd like pretend in the mirror and like. <laughs> you make me feel so much better okay. because I was obsessed with Harry Potter so bad. I was like bound and determined. I wanted to be in the movies. I, I wanted, I was Hermione. Like that's who I was as a fourth grader. I was like, I knew this was who I was supposed to be. My mom still has VHS videos of me recording myself, reciting lines from the Harry Potter book in a British accent to send to the director of the Harry Potter movie. So I could be in the movies. So that's the best. If that makes you- that's totally right. Oh yeah. Come on. All of us were like that at that age. I mean, back then you see those like, um, meme videos on Instagram where it's like teenagers today. And you're like, Oh my God, I wasn't (laughs) like that until like a year ago. And then you see like teenagers back in the day and you're like, yeah, we were total weirdos. Like, but I, I love it though. I'm like, I would rather be that. I would be rather be the weirdo and like creative and have a great imagination. Thousand percent. thousand percent. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for joining me today. I love the conversation as always. And for everybody listening, like I said, we're going to link everything in the show notes. So you guys have quick, easy access to Lindsay and everything that she has to offer with LinkedIn. If you guys have questions for us, feel free to reach out via link or Instagram DMs. If you have questions for Lindsay, like she said, connect with her in the DMs on LinkedIn. Otherwise we will see you guys on next week's episode. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the Elevate Effect podcast. If you liked what you heard, share the episode with your best friend, team member, or even your dog. If you have a minute, leave a review below or DM me on Instagram to let me know what you want to hear on the podcast next. Thanks again, and I can't wait to see you next week.